Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. What is that? Written by Please Have Mercy. The human confederation spanned for a good chunk of the Milky Way galaxy. It was a confederation forged in fires of war and alliances, trade and outbacks, which brought upon humanity a whole new age, the golden age of technology. Humankind and not lived together on the planet, worked in the star forges together, created masterful pieces of art together, and in general looked pretty cool from the outside point of view. There was only one problem, though. Humanity seemed too emotionally attached to any little step they took forwards. Papa, what is that thing in the plaza? Nothing, Tatarat. Don't bother with it. It's a memorial to an old pile of junk. Oh, okay. Even though it looks really old, it reminds me of one of the animals I have back at home, Papa. I said, don't bother. We have a ship to catch off this dusty ball. Come on. Father? Yes, Betty. What is up with that robot? The blob of tentacles called a piece of junk. Billy, I told you that the Akarashni are not to be called names. The pile of junk, as the brood father was pointing out, is a little piece of human history. He was the bravest little robot, and, well, you could say that he gave our kind many opportunities. He was a little rover that could, and did, and imagine, and imagine that, in the year 2004, it's like, what, 500 Terran years ago. Yes, it is, but uh, if it's such a pile of junk, why do we keep him around? Do me a favor and read the plaque on the front of it. Billy did as requested. He moved ten paces and near the stasis field on which the robot was kept sat a plaque. On the ground, Billy looked over intensely at the robot. It was uh, weird. Nothing like he had seen before, covered in a fine red dust. And the plaque read, uh, I strode onwards. Was I a good robot? Opportunity, 2004-2019 End of story Story number two When we first discovered FDL travel was possible, it was lauded as the greatest discovery mankind had ever known. We were free from the cradle, finally able to spread to the stars, all that fun stuff. Along with that, we also kind of accepted the fact that we were, eventually, going to run into an alien civilization. Only, we didn't. When we found instead were ruins, entire Ecomonopolis left barren. We argued for the longest time that what had happened to these civilizations, a giant interstellar war, a plague, or some other horrible calamity... We never gained any solid insight, other than all the ruins had only been abandoned for less than a millennium. And then, when we had reached the very tip of the Milky Way's gargantuan spiral, we found our answer. 
an alien ship at the very edge of the intergalactic void. Its FTL engine had apparently malfunctioned and dragged it into real space, preserving the ship by killing the crew. The engineers pored over every facet of the craft, but took special interest in the ship's electronics, hoping to learn something about the hundreds of empty worlds that we had stumbled across. What we learned was, uh, not what we were expecting. The planets we found hadn't been attacked or infected or conquered. They'd been evacuated. Evacuated to escape them. They had been banished to a desolate, savage world as punishment for their deeds, which the writer refused to explain in any detail. But against all reason, they escaped the world meant to kill them and spread into the galaxy once more. Rather than fight them again, the civilizations of the galaxy undertook a mass exodus. The records came with diagrams of them and their physiology, the planet that they had been banished to. They were us, and as we sit here alone in the galaxy, we have to wonder... What the hell did we do? End of story. Story number three. Salute. Written by Juridan. Daddy, why do we do that? Roland lowered his arm and looked down at his pride and joy. Do what, son? Why do you put your hand up to your head? His son blinked, looked at the ground and stamped some of his feet as he tried to figure it out. Roland waited patiently, and his son glanced up at him. You don't do it with everyone. You only do it when Uncle Gareth's hand visits. And when you see patrols, he stuck his lip out. But you also do it with some humans. Roland smiled. It's called a salute. It's a human sign of respect. His son blinked once and then twisted his head, his lack of understanding evident. Roland's smile lingered, though. His son did not feel worried that he had offended his father. I know Uncle Karazan and the patrols keep us safe, but why do you use a human sign as respect? Do you respect the humans? Of course I do, Roland chuckled. They keep us safe, too. His son stared. But they're so small. They are, Roland admitted, but they are still strong and persistent and wise. They were even wiser than us, and we have learned much from them since they became our allies. His sons frowned a little. I guess the humans in a class are smart. They usually get answers before us, but when we understand, it's not a competition, son. In school, you and they are still learning, but our kind has learned from them. Roland paused. Let's go back to the park, and I'll tell you more about it. His son beamed. He didn't need any excuse to head there. Roland sat up slow pace as his son could keep up. Many years ago, our people were attacked by the Betark. They conquered several of our colonies, claiming the planets were in theirs and we had to fight them. While we were fighting them, we found the humans. At the time, they had barely traveled outside of their system and had only colonized a few planets in their system. But those colonies were also under attack from the Betark, and because we were fighting the Betark, and they were fighting the Betark, we helped them fight off the people invading their planets. The humans were very grateful, and they offered to help us fight. 
Roland's eyes grew distant for a moment. Sadly, we didn't think much of them, but we let them follow us, and they did follow us. They were small, but they stayed with us, fighting alongside us. They brought supplies and replacement weapons and ammunition for us as well as themselves. We still barely paid attention to them. I know I didn't. Roland went silent for a moment and drew his breath. And then I was hurt very badly. The words were an understatement. Roland knew he had been so proud, so cocksure, and so arrogant that he thought himself invincible. He had been part of an assault galloping towards the Beatark. He had taken hits, but the Beatark weapons burned his sides and chest, but he had continued on. But then the explosion had caught him. Daddy, his son's voice asked, worried. Roland glanced at him and put his brave face. It's okay, son. Daddy was hurt very badly. The Beatark hurt my legs. I couldn't run. I couldn't walk. His son's eyes widened in horror. But, Daddy... Roland placed a comforting hand on his son's shoulder as they entered the park. The sight was lost to him as he thought for a moment. I wasn't able to fight anymore. I wouldn't be able to be a part of the herd anymore. The charge had succeeded in pushing the beetark, but it didn't matter to Roland. His legs on his right side were in ruin. It was a wonder he didn't bleed out before the humans and his own people reached him. The humans worked to lift him up, covering his stumps with a gel to stop the bleeding. His commander took some time to get back to him and the other wounded. Then he had offered Roland a knife. Roland was looking at the knife. He... He hadn't expected it. Not so soon. He had won no glory, and had not made a name or taken a mate. He hadn't even lived his life, and now it was over. Despite what the humans did, he was in agony. Ragged stumps were all that were left of half his legs. He began to reach out for the knife. Um, wait. The human ran in between Rodan and his commander before the knife could be passed. We can take him back to the base. His commander blinked and looked down at the tiny human. Why? We know that he cannot walk, but there are other methods. We don't, um... He seemed to stumble for a second. There are less painful ways of dying. Roland blinked, but his commander's voice was harsh. He has earned a warrior's death. The human just had laughed nervously. Of course, of course, but shouldn't he be able to send a message to his family? The commander frowned. If he has a message, he can tell me and I'll pass it on. Meaning no offense, sir, but you fight on the front line. If you die, that message won't get passed on. Roland wasn't really sure what to make of any of this, but his commander paused and then sheathed the knife. Call me when you need it. The humans took me back to their base and put me to sleep. Roland chuckled, far more easily than I can make you go to sleep. He ruffled his son's hair. The next day I saw that they had bandaged my wound like they had did to their own soldiers. I began to ask for something so that I could write a message to my family. But the human writing instruments, pens, and pencils were too small and flimsy. I broke many of them. Why didn't you ask for one of our etches? His son asked quizzically. I did, but they could never find them for me, or any other of our kind. Roland smiled at the simplicity of the scheme. Instead, they took me to doc doctors who treated me. 
A few weeks later, they asked me to take some medicine that made me go to sleep again. And then when I woke up, I had wheels. Wheels? His son blinked, then giggled at a thought. Why did they give you wheels? So that I could move around. It was not the same as walking, but I could still move. I had not thought I would be able to do that, nor did any of the other of our kind. The doctors explained that it was a stopgap measure. Better than nothing. Better than the knife. Roland nodded. The humans were right. It was better than dying, even if others looked down on us. Roland closed his eyes for a moment, a pain still lingering from that moment. Our people told the humans that they were wasting resources, that we could not fight on the battlefield, that we could not return to them, nor could we rejoin the herd. Roland looked into the distance, lifting up his head. We made ourselves useful, if not for our people, then to the humans. We learned their languages and worked their radios, translating and transmitting data to both the humans and our own. We studied what was used by both armies and came up with better orders for what would be needed for our kind. We stood guard at night alongside the humans, our eyes nearly as good as goggles that they wore at night, and we could raise an alarm far more easily. He chuckled, remembering a time he bellowed his warning that an attack was coming in so loudly that he'd nearly knocked over his fellow sentry. But father, you have legs. The son pointed at them. Not wheels. Indeed I do, son. Indeed I do. These were made by humans as well. He laughed, his expression on his son's face. It took them time, but as more chose to be taken to the human bases rather than take the knife, the humans tried to find better ways to help us. The humans had their own fake limbs called prosthetics for their own injured, but we are so much heavier than they are and it took time to make ones for us. But they did. Different wounds needed different prosthetics, so they were specifically made. I only had numbs below my torso. That was enough for them to make me rudimentary legs. Others required more or less. I even saw one of our kind that had lost all six of his legs sitting inside a vehicle, able to drive forward. And chuckled again. I still remember the look on my commander's face when he first saw me walking again. His son watched him, his father's smile growing on his lips. What happened then, Daddy? Did, did, did they let you join him? Roland smiled sadly. No, son. Our people were sure that we wouldn't be able to fight, and we wouldn't be fast enough to keep up. But the humans, they let us join them in battle. At first, just a few, but many of us wanted to prove that we still could, that we were still worthy of fighting, of rejoining the herd. He smiled a little. We were slower than our people, but no less strong. The humans walked alongside us and always offered any wounded of our kind the same treatment that they had offered us. We began to do the same. Soon, few took the knife. Eventually, none did. Roland was silent. He remembered coming across his commander, the one that had offered him the knife. He was horribly wounded. His four legs had been destroyed. The humans were feet away, but he held his hand to the knife. Roland had gone to him, stood before him. Put it down, brother. Tears streaked his commander's face. 
I am ruined. You can be made whole again. The humans will help you if you will but let them. His commander shook his head. It'll not be the same. No, they will not, Roland agreed, but placed a hand in the commander's shoulder. But it is better than the knife. Do not do the Betox work for them. Let the humans help you. If you doubt my words, ask yourself, how did I get here to tell you these words? Karazhan just stared at him, pale and pain-faced. He glanced at the humans surrounding him, prepared to save him. A knife slipped from his hand, barely making a sound when it hit the ground. Eventually, Roland led his son away from the monument, commemorating the battlefield, the first battlefield that the humans had gathered wounded on both races, the battlefield where he had fallen. A great warrior of his kind, wounded and lacking half his legs, still stood proud. His wounded flank held aloft dozens of human hands. We owe the humans much, and they have stood with us since. Without the humans, I would not be here, nor would you, my son. His son stood in silent awe of the statue. The humans stand beside us. Their warriors have fought with us. They have defended us as we defend them. And their doctors have saved many of our lives. We are proud to call them part of our herd, or perhaps even becoming part of theirs. That is why I honor those who stand ready to fight and defend us. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.